Amen. It's so good to see all of you here. And thank you for being in God's house today. Why don't you just turn around and smile and say something nice to somebody? Just, it's good to see you. I'm glad you're here. Typically, I do not give a handout on Sunday mornings, but this is going to be um, one of those mornings that I do. If you do not have a handout called Reset and you would like one, we've got plenty. Would you raise your hand, please? Okay. Keep your hands raised. Brother Marshall's going to come and give you one. There should be some pins in the back of the pew in front of you because you give faithfully. We can buy pins. And then you can take this one home. All right? You don't have to uh, leave it. You can take it with you. So I want everyone that wants a handout, I want you to have a handout. And I want to say that to Brother David and Sister Michelle, it's good to start having them back with us. And we love them. And, and Alex. They're just going to come alongside us and do tremendous ministry here as we partner together, laboring together for the harvest. Can I get a witness? Amen. So I hope you've had a good week. I hope things that are going your way, if they're not, well, just wait a season and things will change. But you hold on to your anchor, which is Christ. Through all the seasons of life, He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Can I get a witness? To our guests, we welcome you. We are going to be baptizing today, Victoria. Victoria, would you raise your hand? She's in the back. She's got some family members here. Her mom, we're going to be baptizing Victoria. And then we're going to be baptizing Crystal. And Crystal is Roxy's sister. And... She gave her life to Christ on a Celebrate Recovery Night, and she's on a journey, and I'm excited about that. And part of that journey is being baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of our sins. All right, everybody good? Okay, let's pray together. Father, for the next few minutes, would you just anoint our minds and our mouth and help us to receive, Lord, from your word so that we can continue to, Lord, be the people that you want us to be as we're on this process called sanctification. And I thank you for this incredible church, and I appreciate the awesome privilege to get to bring the word to such wonderful people. Lord, I just pray now that you would take this word, let it be a seed, let it be planted in our hearts, and let it bear forth much fruit in due season. And everybody say amen. amen. Thank you. You can be seated. I want to ask you a question. How many of you have ever been working on your computer and then it frees up? Can I see your hand? Isn't that frustrating? I have been working on term papers and then all of a sudden, for whatever reason, my computer just frees up. 
I've been working on sermons and just have hours of content into that message. And then you get this circle of death up on the, on my computer. It's the circle of death up on the left hand corner. And you're like, Oh my Lord, this is not good. I have hours of study and content into this sermon. And sometimes I've been able to recover some of it, all of it. And worst case scenario, none of it. And then when that happens, I mean, you can press escape. You can press alt delete. You can press all of the buttons. You can cuss it. You can do whatever. Um, but it doesn't change anything, right? Not that I've cussed my computer. I'm just trying to make you laugh. You feel like it, but you don't do it. But there's doesn't matter what you do. Probably what's going to have to happen is you're going to have to shut it down and you're going to have to do a reset. Anybody ever had to do a reset on your computer? Okay, so you know what I'm talking about. Here's what I've learned. I've learned that not only computers and mobile devices need reset, humans need a reset. There are times, brothers and sisters, that the arrow just goes off in our brain and it's just too much overload. We, you know, do we wear a mask? Do we not wear a mask? And now we've got this uh, guy getting up and he's talking about that, you know, if you vote a Democrat, you're a demon and you don't belong in this church. And I'm going to just tell you, if you don't know what I'm talking about, good. If you do know what I'm talking about, I'm going to tell you right now, that's crazy. And we all need to fall in love with God. And it doesn't matter if you vote Democrat, wear a mask, don't wear a mask. If you vote independent, none of that stuff really matters because what the enemy wants to do is try to divide us and try to get us to focus on the 3% that we don't agree with instead of the 97% that we do agree on. And that just has no place on a platform or a pulpit here in this house. It doesn't matter to me how you vote. That's your prerogative. What matters to me is that life change happens in this house. Can I get a witness? And so I just want to just say that a lot of times all that is going on around us, things that we see and hear, it's just, it seems like overload sometimes and it's just too much for our brain and we just have to press the reset button. Now, here's the good news, and that is that Jesus offers all of us a fresh start. I want this church to be known for a couple of things. Number one, I want this church to be known that we love God and that we love people. I want this church to be known as a non-judgmental church. And then second of all, I want this church to be known as a place where life transformation can happen. Where people's lives are changed. People are looking for a place they can go where their life can be changed. And I want TPC to be that house. Hey, if you go there, they're going to love you. They're not going to judge you. And your life can be changed because God is all about a fresh start. Because I don't, 
it does not matter to me where you come from. It doesn't matter to me what your name is. It doesn't matter to me how cute you looked and how saved you looked. I've been around long enough to know we all make mistakes. We've all done it wrong. And if we could go back, we would all go back and redo some things. The good news is Jesus offers every one of us a fresh start. Can I get a witness? I want you now, if you will, to take your lesson and look at Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 22. It says, in regards to your former way of life, put off your old self and be made, everybody say new. Be made new, how? In the attitudes of your mind. You want to change your life? You're going to have to change the way you think. God will do his part by putting a new spirit in you, a new heart in you. But then you have to do your part to, to let your mind be transformed by the renewing of God's word. You can't, you can't stay in that old frame of mind and then, you know, have a new life. You got to start thinking the way God wants us to think. We got to start seeing ourselves the way God wants us to see ourselves through his lens. And so it's kind of like if you want a new life, it's kind of like changing your old clothes. You've been working in them. You've been sweating in them. What you do is you come in, you take them off, and then you probably take a shower, a bath, and then you put on a new set. God is saying, I want to take off those old filthy garments of self-righteousness and your old way of thinking and your old life. And I want to impute to you my righteousness. I want to take those garments of heaviness off of you. And I want to put a garment of praise on you. I want to do a reset in your life so that you're not crying all the time, depressed all the time, discouraged all the time. I want to place some joy in your heart. I want you to understand what it is like like to have peace in your mind I want you to come into my house with dancing and with praise I want you to know that you might be you might have had a past but your past is over and I have a future for you I know the plans that I have for you I want to restart your life I want to put something in you that gives you a hope that tomorrow is going to be better than yesterday Amen. Let me stop here a minute before I strip a gear. Everybody good? God will do his part. But now we must do our part. Does that make sense? So I'm going to, here's number one. Here's number one. How do I get a reset, pastor? Start by asking God to do something new in us. Amen. See, I can't, I can't change your heart, but God can. What are you saying? I'm saying, God, I'm coming to you with an angry heart, but I want a peaceful heart. God, I'm coming to you, Lord, uh, with a tormented mind, but I want a peaceful mind. God, I'm coming to you with a sinful heart, but I want a pure heart. It's the pure in heart that sees God. Listen, no heart surgeon can do that, but God can do it. And so we had to ask him, God, would you do something new in me? Let me just uh, relate an Old Testament story. If you want to read it, you can find it in 2 Samuel chapter 11. There was a king, and his name was David. And David, at this time, had seven wives. 
So he had seven wives, but the flesh always wants more. And the Bible says when kings go out to war, so there was a season when kings went out to war, but David didn't go out to war. He stayed home and he walked out on his palace balcony and he saw this beautiful woman bathing and he decided, you know, seven wives isn't enough. I want an eighth. So guess what? I want, I want Bathsheba. So they told her to come to the palace. He slept with her. And then he liked her so much, he said, you know what? I'm going to keep her, so I'm going to go kill her husband. It's a fascinating story. <laughs> and then after that happened, he murdered, a, he murdered this lady's wife, slept with her, committed adultery. And then there's this prophet that walked in by the name of Nathan, and he told him a little story. I'm not going to get into that because that's not my message. And then he was smart enough to understand the story was about him. And he said, I am the man. And he fell down and he started repenting. And we catch up with David in Psalm 51. And in Psalm 51, here's his heart. Here's his prayer repentance. Here it is. God create in me a clean heart and renew the right spirit within me and cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Now, here's the good news. You and I probably list murder and adultery pretty high up on the Richter scale of sin. We think that's pretty high up there. But it wasn't so high up there that God didn't come down and put his red blood on his black heart and make him white as snow. What are you saying? I am saying no matter what you have done, no matter who you've done it with, and no matter how long you have done it, God's grace is sufficient for every person in this room. If you will ask God for a new heart, he'll give it to you. But you got to ask him. And you know what a reset starts with? Repentance. God, I can't do this by myself. What is repentance, pastor? It is a change of mind that produces a change of heart, that produces a change of behavior. If you need a restart this morning, it starts with repentance. Repentance has become a bad word in Christendom. But I'm here to tell you it is a good word because repentance has a reset button to it. You can restart your life. Can I get a witness? So what you got to do, though, if you want to restart with God, you got to get honest. Look at your neighbor and tell him you got to get honest. And you do you know that's one of the hardest things for us to do? Because we want to say my wife's the problem. My husband's the problem. My kids is the problem. My boss is the problem. And we don't want to stand in the mirror and say, I need to own it. I'm the problem. Come on, somebody. And we need to take it to God and say, God, I'm carrying too much guilt. I'm carrying too much sin. I'm carrying too much of my past. I'm carrying too much baggage. I'm carrying too many regrets. Hey, I like what one leader said. Listen to this. He said this. You are a product of your past, but you are not a prisoner of your past. I'm going to say that again. Thank you. You are a product of your past. In other words, yeah. Your family tree may be crooked. 
It may be full of all kind of iniquities. And you may have some freaking Freddies in your family. But guess what? If you press the reset button, you can change your family tree. Come on, I want to preach this. You literally can change your family tree. You know what people can say? Until David came to church, this was in his family, and this was in his family, and this was in his family. But David started coming to church, and David got him a good girl. And now he's raising his babies in the church, and his life is altogether different. If you look over here, woo, woo, that's rough. But if you look over here, you see holiness and righteousness and godliness. Because somebody said, I'm going to restart. I'm going to change my family tree. Isn't that good? We can change. And that is the power of the gospel. That's what Christianity is all about. It's called grace. Somebody shout grace. grace. Look at Isaiah 43 and verse 18. Here's what the scripture says. Forget the former things and do not dwell on the past. Look at the new things. Somebody shout it. New things that I'm going to do. They're already happening. Can you see what I've begun to do? God says, listen, brothers and sisters, God is basically saying in a paraphrase, I don't want you going through your life looking in the rearview mirror. You're going to run into the ditch if you keep looking at the rearview mirror. If you want to go forward, you got to look forward. You better look where you're going because you're going where you're looking. And if you're looking in your rearview mirror, you're going to start going back to your past. But if you say, guess what? That is behind me. I'm pressing the reset button. I'm going forward with my life. Old things have passed away. And behold, all things become new. I am a new creature in Christ Jesus. Look at James now. James 4 and 2 says this. You do not have what you want because you don't ask God for it. Now we have to understand the context. You must pray the will of God. But anytime you are praying God, creating me a clean heart and give me a fresh start, that is the will of God. Can I get a witness? Have you ever asked God for a reset? If you haven't, that is in his will. God, I've blown it. God, I've messed up. I've made mistakes. Would you give me a fresh start? And he will do that. Here's the next thing you have to decide if you want to restart. And that is you've got to decide where you want to be different. Now this is where I'm going to camp out for a few minutes. Here's what's so amazing to me. We are so specific when it, when it comes to our vehicles. What do you mean? So we want a new truck, and here's what we say. I want a King Ranch truck. I want it to have this Hemi diesel engine. I want it to have camel interior with anti-lock brakes. I want it to have a backup camera. I want it to be four-door, and we just go through the list of what we want. We'll even now get on the computer and we will customize our motorcycles, our bicycles, our tennis shoes. How do you know that? Because Molly spent a lot of money on a pair of custom tennis shoes. 
Why? Because she wanted some gold rims on the back. I mean, I ain't talking about $50 shoes. You know, have your name in it and all that stuff. That's fine. I don't have a problem with that. My point that I want to make is, is how specific we get about our vehicles, our motorcycles, our bicycles, and our tennis shoes, but we don't get that specific about our life. Most people do not get what they want because they don't know what they want. You need to get specific with your life if you want a reset. What do I want to be different? Look at your handout if you would. You see that little box in there? It says, what about my connection with God? Here's where I want you to get honest. If you have been closer to God than you are right now, who moved? Who moved? If you're going to get honest, you moved. God didn't move. You moved. And so if you want a stronger connection, a closer connection, guess what? You're going to have to decide. In three months from now, I want to be closer to God. And it's going to start this week. And guess what? I'm going to add 10 minutes to my prayer time. I'm going to miss a meal a week. I'm going to do X, Y, and Z because I'm going to get specific because here's what the scripture says. If you will draw nigh to God, God will draw nigh to you. If all you want, listen, you, you don't understand this. If all you want is a foot of God, God will give you a foot of himself. But if you want six feet of God, so to speak, he'll give you six. And if you want nine, he'll give you nine. But he's a gentleman. He will not trespass your desires. How much of God do you want? I need a reset. Some of you need a reset because you were closer to God in January than what you are to God right now. You need a reset. You need to get honest and say, God, I need to draw closer to you. What about, what about in your health? Do you need a reset? You've got 34 pounds you want to lose. Guess what? It's not going to just fall off of you because you want it to. I need a reset. I've been eating too much breads. Even I'm talking about me now personally. So I'm cutting out a lot of breads. I ate pizza the other night. Never ate the crush. Just ate the topping. You know, I'm just trying to be. I, I don't want to eat as much bread. You say, Brother Neelan, you're thin. Yep, that's by design. Because I could have me a little belly right now. I'm in. I'm fifty, almost fifty-five. I could have me a cute little belly. I'm not against anybody to have a belly. Hey, you want to walk up in here six hundred pounds? I'm gonna love all six hundred pounds of you. I don't have a problem with that. Oh, y'all going to get quiet on me now, aren't you? <laughs> Whatever. I love people. It doesn't matter how big, red, yellow, black, white, 600 pounds, 6 pounds. I love people. I'm saying that if you want something to change in your health, God's not going to come and, 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 and sprinkle pixie dust on you. And you're going to look like Cinderella. Ain't going to happen. Are you with me? What about my priorities? If my priorities are out of whack, I can blame anybody I want to blame. But I had to go back and say, you know what? My priorities are out of whack. I need a reset button on my priorities. Here's one of the best things you can do if you want to reset your priorities. Determine what your values are. 
This is a whole lesson within itself. I don't have time to get into it. You've heard it before, but I'm going to tell you again. My number one value is to be a Christian. And because I want to be a Christian, I do my best to wake up. And I start praying by six. Many times I'm up earlier than that. But I do my best to be up by six. I want to give God some time. I want to read his word. I want to give God my first fruits. Because here's what I know. That if I don't determine my priorities, other people will. If you don't determine your identity, other people will tell you who you should be. You better determine I'm going to give God the first fruits. And this is what I want my priorities to be because I know this. I know me. Afternoon, my day's done. What do you mean by that? It means that my best, my most focus is from 6 to noon. After that, I start making phone calls, returning phone calls, returning texts, looking at emails, counseling with people. Love all of that. But you want to give your best to the Lord. But if you don't know what your values are, then guess what? You'll go around saying, I can kill time. But if you know your values, you don't have time to kill. Did that make sense? Can I keep going? Okay. How about your relationships? Do you need a reset in your relationships? How about your thought life? I'm thinking things I shouldn't be thinking. These thoughts, do you understand that thoughts are spiritual? Thoughts are spiritual. And if you keep watering some of your thoughts, either they're good or they're evil, you're going to eat the fruit thereof. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. You want to reset your life? Start thinking differently. Are y'all with me? Okay. How about I reset my marriage? Always fixing to get quiet up in here. I have probably almost blown my marriage up probably three, four, five times in the last 30 years. Blown it up. Not because I committed adultery. Not because I had an affair. Thank God. Not because I've not, no. But because I was living in a very selfish world. A selfish man in a selfish world and trying to control another person with a different temperament and talent that is different from me. And here's what I've learned, ladies and gentlemen. The very thing that attracted me to Janet, 18 months later, I was attacking it. I'm preaching better than you're responding. You know why? Because then what happens is, is I start saying, Janet, you know what? You need to be more like me because I'm perfect. You say, Brother Nealon, really? Yeah. Mm -hmm." I didn't say those words, but that's what I thought. Now you can see why I almost blew my marriage up. Right? Here's what we're doing, y'all. It's going to get quiet. Here's what we're doing. She's on the couch with her cell phone. And you're on the couch with your iPad. And you're only two inches apart. But you're 2,000 miles apart. I may not, I may not get any further in this, in, this, in this, but right here. And here's what we have done. We have lost intimacy in marriage. 
Because here's what's happening with a lot of, especially young couples. You run over here and take these kids, and then I'm going to run over here, and I'm going to take these kids, and then you run to the store and pick this up, then I run over here and get this. I know it's going to get quiet, but it's okay. Because I know I'm telling the truth. And then we get home, and we're so wore out, all we want to do is Netflix. And Netflix is happy to entertain you. And Amazon is happy to entertain you and let you buy something new. Buying more stuff with money we don't have to impress people we don't even like. And we no longer have intimacy in our marriages. We're, we're two, two inches from each other, but two miles apart. And the enemy loves it. I'm fixing a... I'm fixing to come down. Y'all ready? I'm not mad. I'm not upset. I'm going to try to help somebody. And the reason why we've got a society saturated with porn is because you can get a release at looking at porn because getting a release is a lot easier than having a relationship. Because a relationship requires you to die to yourself. And we don't want to die to ourselves because every man is right in his own eyes. And see, what we don't think, we don't think that God knows what he's talking about. See, this, this, this kingdom, ladies and gentlemen, is an inverted kingdom. And we're living in a society that says self is everything. Worship self. Idolize self. And God is saying, no, that's the wrong thought process. Self should be on the bottom and service should be on the top. And it's a totally inverted kingdom. And everything in our being says, I don't want to live the crucified life. I want to live my life my way. And it's called self-worship. And we've never been closer on the couch, but yet further apart. And there's very little intimacy in our marriages. I know you can't say amen. Because I'm hitting too close to home. Brothers and sisters, I promise you I'm not mad at no one. I'm not directing this toward anyone. I'm saying that this house... And what goes on in this house ought to be different than what goes on in that culture. I may, I may need to get no further. You take your notes home. What we're doing is we're buying into this Instagram form of life that says my marriage is perfect and my vacation is perfect and all of these perfect pictures and we're buying into this garbage where people are trying to make you think that they have the perfect life. Brothers and sisters, can I tell you something? If it's so perfect, then why did Michael Jackson OD? Then why did Prince OD? Then why do these rock stars OD and these movie stars OD? Because you can't have enough fame to fill the void on the inside of you. You can't take enough pictures to fill the void. You can't earn enough money to fill the void. 
And we have bought in as Christians to a lie that the culture is putting on us. And God says, you can't even live life until you lose it. You can't even understand what life is about until you allow yourself to pick up my cross and follow me. Somebody shout reset. Reset. Need a reset. It's amazing. I'm not mad. I promise you I'm not mad. But it's amazing to me how we'll spend four hours playing a video game, but we won't spend 40 minutes reading a book to try to think differently. We just bought into the culture. God is saying that if you want to live a fruitful life, it's the crucified life. See, you, you can't see yourself. It's why you need somebody else in your life. Y'all want me to keep going or you want me to stop? Are you sure? Okay. Because here's what I know, y'all. After 30 years of marriage, no marriage ever stands still. You're either drifting apart or you're coming closer together. But there is no such thing as cruise control in a marriage. It doesn't exist. After 30 years, Janet and I still are working on a marriage, having a good one. I've invested, Janet and I have invested thousands of dollars in counseling. Some of the best money I've ever spent. Because you know why? Because I know what I want. I want a successful marriage. And if the Lord should tarry, I want to be 85 years of age. I see myself looking out over Lake Conroe, holding my wife's hand. We're still in love. Our kids love us. And if we have grandbabies, they're coming up and sitting on Papa's lap, kissing him, saying, Papa, I love you. That's intentional. That ain't going to just happen. That makes sense? you got to know what you want. What about your habits? You say, oh, I've got this desire. I want to learn to play the piano. Your habits are more important than your desires because you can desire to play, but if you don't make a habit to practice every day, you're not going to learn how. Oh, i got this strong desire. Great, fantastic. That's where it starts. But your habits are more important than your desires. One of the best books you could read. It's right out there. You can't have that copy, but you can look at it and maybe order you one. It's called Atomic Habits by James Clear. One of the best books I've read in a long time. You're looking at me like I just lost my mind. What about your parenting? Read some James Dobson books. What about my time and schedule? My schedule feels so out of control, Pastor. You need a reset. You need to decide what my priorities are. You need to quit watching all this other garbage about who's perfect life and decide, I want intimacy in my marriage. It's okay for me to tell my kids they can't have a toy. Y'all don't want me to get real. (laughs) Okay, you say, all right, pastor, believe it or not, I'm buying into this. What I got to do? First of all, you got to ask God to change and give you a clean heart. 
And then second of all, you got to decide what, where you want to reset. And then third of all, y'all, this is a big one. Are you ready? You need some people to support Amen. your reset. Amen. See, here's where, here's where we're, we're fighting a number of things when I come to this. Are y'all still with me? We fight, first of all, the American ideology is that I'm a self-made person. I'm going to pull myself up my, by my bootstraps and bless God, I can do this on my own. I get that. And yes, I understand that Calvary is not coming in to save me. I get it. And yet, on the flip side of that coin, it is impossible for you to do some things by yourself. If you could, you would, but you can't, so you won't. And the reason why that we don't want other people involved, it's called ego. I can do this all by myself. And the reason you still haven't done it is because you don't have a tribe around you to help support you in your reset. And you know what it takes? It takes humility to say, I can not do this by myself. It took my ego to sit in front of, of a counselor and she looks at me while I'm pastoring this church and says, Wayne, your marriage is in trouble and you are unhealthy. And I was preaching to you because I was still saved and God still loved me and I was still going to heaven, but there was some unhealthy things in me. And see, this is where you people, you have a problem because you think perfection has got to get up here on this platform. And I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what man I bring on this platform. He or she is not perfect. They will never be perfect. It's only one perfect person, and that is Jesus. Now, the good news is that I'm not an immoral man. And I'm a good steward. And there's a lot of other things that hopefully are good and decent about me. But you can be saved, brothers and sisters, and still have some unhealth in you. You can be saved and God love you and going to heaven and still not letting go of some of that family tree you grew up in. Some of that crookedness and that stinking thinking. See, see so, so what preachers do, don't do is, is they don't get open with you and vulnerable with you and transparent because then, well, if you really knew me, you may not want to follow me. You may think I'm weak, but here's the deal. I'm not trying to get you to put me on a pedestal. I'm just trying to lead you to him. Cause I'm going to tell you, I'm going to let you down. I'll tell you that right now. I'm flesh. I'm going to let you down. He'll never let you down. That's why I don't want to build this church around me. I want to build it around a team. All of us together. Okay, I'm, I'm done with my notes. Here we go. You know what? Here's what I told two young ladies that are going to get baptized today. I really do appreciate my finger because my finger can scratch an itch. But I also appreciate my toes. Even though my toes are not really good at scratching an itch, they give me balance. Come on. And even though my finger now is not my leg, I appreciate my finger, but I still like my leg too. What are you saying? I need all of it. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying we need to get honest. And you can't put your junk out there on Facebook. I ain't saying you need to get honest with 
everybody because you don't, but you need some friends in your life that will hold you accountable because you are only as sick as your secrets. And as long as you have secrets, the devil's going to beat you up. Just beat you up. But the minute you got somebody on your front row that you can trust and say, you know what? I need you to help me with this reset. When we understand that we're the body and I am supposed to be doing what I'm doing right now, which is using my gift to feed you spiritually, but you are supposed to give me your gift so you can minister to me. That's why some of you today after this message will text me and encourage me because I need encouragement just like you need encouragement. And I need people on my front row just like you need people on your front row. And I'm so tired of pastors elevating themselves above their people we're all broken people that need a healthy God and from time to time we need a restart in our life would you stand to your feet and give God some praise come on give God some praise have I made sense You can't do this by yourself. Just remain standing. Look at Ecclesiastes 4 and 12. Real quick. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But two standing back to back. If you've been in church any amount of time, you know this. Come up here, Carlton, and help me, please. Real quick. You know this, but for those of you that knew, you don't know this. Come back and get behind me. Turn your back to me. In the Old Testament, they dressed up as warriors. And they didn't really, if you study it out, they didn't really have a lot of protection on their back. So what they would do is they would stand back to back and they would fight like this. And the two of them would be able to conquer because that's where you get to say it. I got your back. That's where you get it. I got your back. I got your back. I got your back, brother. When you tell me your secrets, I ain't going to go tell nobody else. I'm going to take it to him. And together we're going to get through this. And you're going to change your family tree. Because you're going to break the iniquities and the strongholds in your family. Because I've got your back. Because I'm with you. Look at what the scripture says. Because they stand back to back. And what do they do? They conquer. And three is even better. For a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Thank you, Carlton. can't make it by ourselves. I want you, Baron, please, to throw up this, this statement about community. Here it is. Community is God's antidote to discouragement, defeat, and failure. Community. You were designed. Please hear me. Don't check out on me yet, please. You were designed by God to be in community because it is in community that you are helped through discouragement, defeat, and failure. But you got to get honest. And you got to be willing to look in the mirror and say, you know what? It's me. It's me. And I need a reset in my life. What I got to do, Pastor? First of all, you got to ask God. And then, second of all, you got to get really specific 
with this particular little graph here and say, where do I need a reset? And if some of you didn't check any of them, you got big problems because it's called pride. If you didn't check one of them, you got major pride. You need a reset in your mind because you're not that good and nobody's that good. Can I get a witness? And then you need a tribe. You need a community. You need a fellowship of believers to help you with your reset. And here's the last thing we got to do is eliminate anything unhealthy. Some of you just need to turn off that subscription, that cable subscription. You could save that 50 or 100 bucks. Save it. Turn it off. Some of you need to turn off a lot of social media. There's so much anger in social media now. Everybody's got an opinion. Y'all still with me? I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. You, you can watch all the social media you want. I'm not against it. But what I'm saying is my peace is more valuable than their opinion. I'm going to say that again. My peace is more valuable than the culture's opinion. I don't care about this culture. I don't. Because it's twisted and it's warped and it's making Christians think one thing and God's saying another. And we're trying, to, we're trying to put one foot in this culture and one foot over here. And we don't have peace and we don't have intimacy. And we're about to pull our hair out. You know what I did this morning? Fixed me a cup of coffee. Sat in my chair. And I had a conversation with God. And said, God... I just want your peace. Because I can buy a peel with money, but I can't buy peace. I can buy a new truck, but I can't buy joy. I can buy perfume, but I can't buy anointing. Come on, somebody. And unless, brothers and sisters, and I'm done, but unless, brothers and sisters, this world sees a difference in this church, then what they see out there, they peek their head in and they look. Where's the joy? Where's the love? Where's the peace? No, thank you, and I'll keep my 10%. Come on. I'm not mad. I just want to be different. I want you to be different. You know what hurts me when I step into a lot of churches, especially, and I'm going to call us out, especially United Pentecostal churches, you know what hurts me the most? Because I don't see joy. Come on. Come on. See judgmentalists? No, not much joy. Not many people are smiling. Not many people are happy. And the world looks at us and says, no, thank you. Brothers and sisters, I didn't mean for this to get heavy like it's gotten. I really didn't. But until we get honest, we're not going to change. And until you hate it, you will tolerate it. What I got to do, Pastor, you got to decide that you want to reset. Then you got to decide what areas of your life need a reset then you need to get some people on your front row that you can get honest with. Then you need to start eliminating everything unhealthy in your life. Can I get a witness? Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I really did not mean for this to get heavy like it's gotten.
But Lord, I'm going to leave this in your hands and I'm going to let you work it out. But I pray that a seed has been sown today because until we change, the world around us will not change. Until we get healthy, situations in our life can't get healthy. Until we get honest and admit that we're a part of the problem, nothing is going to change. Lord, you spoke one word in my spirit this week when I asked you what you would have me to speak. And you gave me a word and you said reset. Someone needs a reset here this morning. Someone is looking for a fresh start, a fresh change. If that's you, if that's you this morning, I want you to decide, the Lord being my helper, I'm going to check off some of these boxes. I'm going to start looking at some some various books and maybe a podcast or I'm going to text pastor this week and get his opinion on something. I'll help you in any way I can because I want you to live the life that God wants for you to live. Anybody in this house, you'll get honest and you'll say, pastor, um, Something spoke to me this morning through your message. Thank you. Thank you. How many know we can all do better? Doesn't mean, y'all, that we're not saved. Doesn't mean we're not saved. If the trumpet sounds, it doesn't mean we're not going. It just means we need a reset. Hey, somebody said this. You know the bad thing about Christianity? You got to do it every day. What do you mean by that? Wouldn't it be great that you went and worked out once a month and that you stayed, your body stayed worked out for the whole month? Wouldn't that be great, Paul? Don't happen that way. Wouldn't it be great because you were disciplined yesterday? That means the whole month you're going to be disciplined. You refused the piece of cake. Now, the whole month you're going to refuse it. Wouldn't that be awesome? No. You know what? It means. Tomorrow when I get up, I'm going to live this again. I'm going to go back to the cross again. I'm going to ask God to get me healthy again. See, some of you think that, man, my dreams, my desires, my calling, it's just, it's just, uh, it looks like it's dead. And I'm here to tell you that many times the dream has to die. So he can resurrect it because if he didn't allow it to die, you would take the glory. I got this done. I did this. But when the dream is crushed, you realize I can't do anything except Christ do it through me. And he gets all the glory. And he's the one that wants to renew the dream and the calling and the ministry in your life all over this house. Would you just lift up your hands and ask God to help us? God, we need a fresh start. We need a reset. Lord, we need you to do something for us that we cannot do for ourselves. Now, Father, take this word and use it, God. And help us to get honest and to go forward. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody say amen. Amen. Is Victoria here and is Crystal here? I want them to come up to the front. 
We're going to baptize them, their families. We'd like for them to come up. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody, this is Victoria. She's got a she's got some girls and they've been coming for a while and, and Victoria's a sweet person. We had a good talk in our office this morning. Victoria and Crystal were in there. We had a great talk. And I told them that they are now being baptized into the body of Christ. I know I say this, but I'm going to keep saying this. This is not an occult. You can get in and you can get out. When I say you're baptized into a family, here's what it means. It means that now, Victoria, you're responsible to use your gifts and callings to be a blessing to this church. I want you to hear me now because you're going to be hearing this a lot from pastor. You are now responsible to do more than just sit and soak and hear a sermon. You're fixing to start hearing different language from pastor. You are now responsible to come and hear the message. That's what feeds you spiritually, right? But you can't stop there. Now to use your gifts and your ability to serve your brothers and sisters. Because you've got things in you that we need. And we have things in us that you need. And together we're a body. And we can heal one another and we can help one another and we can get healthy together if we do it God's way. This is a day, Victoria. Girl, you will never forget it for the rest of your life. This is part of your reset. This is a part of God giving you a brand new heart and a brand new life. And the old things are passed away. Would you take your hand now and hold your nose? Victoria, on the confession of your faith, young lady, and the obedience to God's command, I now baptize you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for the remission of all your sins. Come on, everybody. Let's give God praise. Father, the good work that you have started in this young lady, I thank you. I thank you for completing it in the name of Jesus. Victoria, you are now on the journey of sanctification. And God will begin to speak to you. He will begin to talk to you and share things with you. If you will get still, if you will not live this culture that says, I got to have everything on all the time. Turn off the TV. Hey, guess what? That cell phone has an off button. Use it. Believe it or not, you can cut it off and get still and let the Holy Spirit speak life into you. Speak peace into you. It starts happening now, and we rejoice with you. Would you give Victoria a big hand?
That's a big step there, girl. All right, Crystal. And this is it's a big step getting in here. So, sissy, why don't you help us here? It's a big step. You got it, girl? Our new battery, it won't be like that. But, okay, step on down. Okay, come up close to the front. Okay, everybody, I want to give you all this little insight. This is Crystal. And Crystal started this process of sanctification at a Celebrate Recovery meeting. And this is her sister, Roxy. And Crystal is so excited about her new life in Christ. And Crystal, I'm going to tell you what I told you again, but I'm going to tell you what I told you before. I'm going to tell you again. This is now your family. Are we perfect? Nope, we're not. Do we wish we were? Yep, we do. But we're not. It's just, we're not good at getting honest. And we're not good at admitting because we want people to think so high of us. But if we could ever get honest, we could start getting healed. Crystal comes from brokenness like we all do. Her brokenness may look different than yours, but we're all broken, ladies and gentlemen. And if we could save ourselves, we wouldn't need a Savior. But Crystal, I'm here to tell you, sweetheart, you're not damaged goods because of your past. You have a brand new future. And you don't have to look in your rearview mirror anymore. You can go forward. Because he that the Son has set free is free indeed. And I don't know anything about your family tree, but I'm here to tell you, you can start changing your family tree through the blood of Jesus and through God's Word to start seeing yourself as He sees you. Crystal, we're honored to have you at TPC. We look forward to doing life together with you. Would you take your hand and hold your nose, Crystal? on the confession of your faith and the obedience to God's command, I now baptize you in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for the remission of all your sins. Come on, somebody, and give Him praise right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, the Lord, the good work that you have started in your daughter, this is your daughter, I thank you for completing it on this process of sanctification. Lord, speak to her, talk to her, convict her heart, Change her as she walks this out into newness of life. Give her a tribe. Give her a group of people that will help her with this reset. And we thank you, Lord, for what you are doing in her life and what you will continue to do in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody say amen. Would you give Crystal a big hand? my sister Roxy and my brother-in-law Tommy Allen. This is the most wonderful feeling I've ever had in my entire life. And I give it to my God in heaven. Praise God. Kaylee, will you and the band just sing us on out of here today? Just sing something to the Lord. Crystal, we love you, girl. We love all of you. Take this lesson. Marinate on it. <laughs>